0: Hello, and welcome to our Seifarth Shaw podcast. It's physics. The longer the impeachment, the slower the velocity of change. We are back, Scott Mallory and Scott Hecker, the Scotts with the Policy Matters podcast. Uh, Scott Hecker. am I am in the D.C. office, Senior Counsel in the Labor and Employment Practice, focusing on workplace safety, wage and hour, and government relations and policy. My colleague Scott Mallory is in our San Francisco, excuse me, Sacramento office. Also in L and E, uh, he's a policy wonk and former political consultant. So we're glad to be here and have another conversation about what's going on uh, in politics and policy. So uh, it's another historically interesting week, Scott. Uh, we have uh, President Trump being the only twice impeached president. And given that the Senate won't reconvene until January 19th, the Tuesday before inauguration, he'll also be the first former president to go through an impeachment trial. Um, this is, you know, interesting for policy reasons because it could gum up the works, put Biden, uh, President-elect Biden, in a bind uh, about how to approach it. What are, what are your thoughts about his response to sort of these unique circumstances right at the, right at the changeover?
1: You know, he's, I think that he's really done his best to kind of stay out of the fray uh, of this sort of political impeachment issue that's really dividing both the Republicans and the Democrats, which we haven't seen in a long time. We have, like, we've always had a bilateral sort of push in this country, but now we have these four different, so basically what I'm saying, what we're saying is that, Things are really uncertain right now because we haven't gotten any great sort of direction from Mitch McConnell about when a trial is going to happen. But what we do know is that President-elect Biden has implored the Senate and Mitch McConnell to sort of split their time between an impeachment hearing and, you know, getting the normal business of governing done, and particularly when we have a stimulus package that he's already introduced and a number of cabinet positions that need to really be filled. And we've discussed personnel as policy on this podcast a number of times, and we talked about how the win in Georgia was so important because now Biden could, you know, do much, much more quickly, push through those cabinet secretaries, which we don't know if this impeachment is going to start to slow those things down. I just want to note one other thing about sort of this velocity of change in personnel as policy. Most presidents come into the January 20th with, at the very least, their national security team already confirmed. We we saw that with Trump. We saw it with Obama. We saw it with Bush. We saw it all the way back to Reagan. But now, no, none of, none of I'm sorry, Barack, none of Joe Biden's nominees have have gotten, gotten a hearing at all. So that is also going to slow things down a little bit. And I know that Joe Biden has been really optimistic about everything that's going to be able to get done. But this is just another gum in the works that I think is going to slow things down a little bit. What do you think, Scott?
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot to unpack there. Uh, President-elect Biden came out with a, with a statement on Wednesday, January 13, uh, mentioning, you know, what you were just talking about, the sort of secretaries of defense, treasury, uh, state, Homeland Security, director of national intelligence. Those are all out there, and they leave us kind of vulnerable. Uh, both externally and internally, I mean, you know, there's, there's sort of threats, uh, both, both directions at this point, point. and I think it's interesting. You mentioned the sort of split among within the parties, uh, themselves, you know, this was the most bipartisan impeachment vote in history. 10 Republicans yeah. in the house yeah. joined the Democrats. Um, and to your point about sort of how the trial will start and unfold, you know, and, and the Georgia election results, we're going to actually see this Senate control change potentially during the trial. I mean, uh, it could be McConnell instigating it, right, starting it up. And then once, you know, the new uh, Congress, or excuse me, senators from Georgia are sworn in, then you have that 50-50 split with um, Vice President-elect or then to be Vice President Harris in that tiebreaker vote, Dems are in charge. So it's kind of, there's a lot of just like uncharted waters here, and I'm not, I'm no constitutional scholar, um, but as far as I can understand from what I'm reading, you know, there will be a trial, even though he's going to be a former president. And, and yeah. as you just said, the, the logistics of it are just going to be very, very interesting. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, the, the stimulus that you, that you mentioned, uh, there's some interesting things in there that I think were probably designed to speed up some of the policy Um, the policy moves by President Biden, President elect Biden, I don't want you to I know you're going to detail this a little bit, but is there anything like you're really interested in just as a high level, you know, for for our listeners out there that. That you're wondering, okay, what is this all going to do to, to that proposal that stimulus package that he's put out there?
1: Yeah, I mean the stimulus package just it's just a number of really broad like last time we talked, you know, I mentioned the stimulus package with the winner George is gonna be big and bold and progressive. And the one point nine trillion package that he introduced is big and bold and progressive with state aid and everything else that we discussed. I think what's really interesting, and this is sort of the political parlor game, not necessarily a policy matters issue, but is if, you, if they want to pass the stimulus, and especially some really big parts of the stimulus, like currently there's a $15 minimum wage provision, which I think is crazy, and there's no way that that stays at $15, right? That's, that's setting the anchor of the negotiations, I think. But at the same time, they're going to need 10 Republican senators to get that part of the stimulus fast. They can't pass that through reconciliation with a simple majority. So if they move moving forward with this impeachment, does that create enough political pressure against the Republicans that now they're not going to join the Democrats, right? So that's just another, like, thing to add on to this constantly evolving tunnel that, that we have to consider.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting. And, again, to your point, you know, you have Democrats who want to move quickly with the impeachment but understand there may be backlash. And then you have folks like the House Majority Whip, Rep. Clyburn, you know, Jim Clyburn out of South Carolina who actually was one of the people who, you know, really kind of started the momentum for Biden to get the Democratic nomination. Once he endorsed him in South Carolina, that really, Biden was kind of almost out. And then all of a sudden, Jim Clyburn's on board, and there he goes. Yeah. And yet again, I mean, it's, we, I think we see Clyburn sort of advocating for Biden here to say, let's not get in his way. You know, we need this stimulus. We need, um, you know, activity uh, on these fronts, and we need to move forward and not gum up, as you said, gum up the works. And so it is interesting that, that sort of Clyburn has come back again as this almost linchpin in, uh, in Biden's first, you know, campaign, and then his actual presidency as, as we look towards the first 100 days. Um, you know, as, as you said, we will see, you know, there has been some reporting that um, Mitch McConnell is is happy about the impeachment yeah. effort. Although whether that is because it's going to gum up the Democrats policy or because you know he's actually thinking you know accountability is the thing now um, you know who knows but uh, you know we will see um, we will see what happens it's gonna be an interesting time uh, well I mean I appreciate the conversation I don't know if you have any final thoughts before you know we sign off here. I actually did just want to quickly go back to a point you made about how the Senate can
1: might transition power in the middle of an impeachment trial. So does that mean that Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell are going to have to agree to the procedural rules of an impeachment trial before it starts? Is that going to delay the impeachment trial? So it's just like it's never-ending questions that are happening here. But I'll also note this: Jim Clyburn, Joe Biden, and Mitch McConnell want to see the Senate get back to to functioning. That's that's the way I see it. And I, I, I obviously, I hold the note of hope that that can happen, and I, I think that we all do, and I think that the business community does as well, because we need a functioning and robust governmental system to get this economy going again.
0: Yeah, and forgive me if I get the year wrong, but I think when there was a 50-50 split in the Senate in, like, 2001, uh, they worked out sort of more of a power share. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think... You know, Schumer and McConnell are looking at that, whether it will be exactly the same, you know, we will see, but I think they are going to have to compromise and work together across the aisle uh, as Joe Biden ran on that kind of concept. And so we will see, we will see what happens with that. But, you know, the other thing we got to look out for this week and around the inauguration is, uh, you know, hopefully everybody out there is staying safe. Um, We know Mm -hmm. that, I mean, my brother also lives in D.C. down by the Armory. He's seen folks coming in. We've all seen the pictures of national uh, national guardsmen and, and women, um, you know, laying in the Capitol, resting and getting ready uh, to just sort of protect the city and protect our our democracy and our you know our framework yep. and our processes as as we go through what everyone now seems on board with a peaceful transition of power in in the power structure. It's it's now the people who. Uh, even President Trump called for, you know, um, you know, calm and unity, uh, and yeah. and sort of uh, once you know everybody, I think, understands this is an important time. Um, so I think you know, always enjoy these conversations. I'm sure we'll be back with more. And as yeah. uh, you know, President Biden, uh, once he's inaugurated, gets really going and gets on the ground, and we see how all these things shake out. I'm sure we'll be back with uh, with more substantive discussions as well about. You know, what policies wind up past and how he implements things through executive order and, and, you know, whatever happens. So thanks again for for joining Scott. Yeah. And,
1: and before we go, why don't you plug some of the yeah. policy discussions we have coming up. I know that I have a podcast plan to talk about independent contractors and the ABC test in California and how that might affect back East. Do you have anything in the work Scott? Uh,
0: I, I don't have anything lined up right now. I have been talking to some of our colleagues about uh, discussion yeah. around NLRB issues. Yes. um and so you know how that may change um there's going to be some turnover on on the board and we'll see how that impacts employers and unions there too uh, as we've yep. said this is likely to be the most union friendly uh union friendly administration in history uh, we know you know marty walsh card carrying member is is the dol nominee now too so um uh, yep. but thanks uh, to everyone yep. uh, for joining on our Policy Matters podcast today, and check out other episodes. I think there are four, and this will be the fifth, and then you know six and seven will follow soon. So keep Indeed. an eye out, and keep an eye out for our next Policy Matters newsletter, which Scott bears the brunt of authoring. Uh, we're uh, we're always glad to, to chat with you about these issues. Have a great one.
1: Thanks for joining us today on the Cypher Policy Matters podcast. So you'll never miss an episode, be sure to visit Seiforth.com where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. While you're at it, we'd appreciate you sharing us with your colleagues on LinkedIn or your preferred social media.